So this is week number two in a series called Expecting. What to expect when you're expecting God. And I want to start off with a little statement. And the statement is this. I have always had an issue with the shepherds in the Christmas story. Honestly, my first impression of the shepherds is that they were slackers. It's the first blank in your outline. I thought they were slackers, and my impression came from the fact I grew up in a church that read from a translation of the Bible that said the very first couple of words of the Christmas story were this. It said, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. I saw that little word, abiding, and I thought to myself, real men don't abide. We just don't. We produce, we hunt, we destroy sometimes, we provide for our families, at least we're supposed to, but we definitely don't abide. Now, I kind of looked at that little term and I thought, you know, abide must mean they were just hanging out, just chilling, doing nothing when they should have been working. They were just abiding. So I looked at that and in my mind, I thought, bunch of slackers that need to go out and get a real job. Now, my impression was solidified by a deal that happens in a lot of churches. They call it a Christmas pageant. Those of you who grew up in church, you're going to feel my pain in a couple of moments. I had another word for the Christmas pageant. I called it torture, all right? I didn't think it was a good thing at all because this is the way it went down, all right? Now, remember, I'm going to get to the shepherds in a second. But if you were the best-looking fifth grader in the whole church, you got to be Joseph, You had to deal with the emotional baggage of the whole pregnant virgin thing, which is a lot for a fifth grade boy to do, but you know, you managed it. If you were the best looking girl, you got to be married. If you had a regal bearing or had access to gold tinfoil, you know where I'm going with that, right? You got to be a wise man, right? I mean, that's how that deal whole went. If you didn't get that, I'm not unpacking it for you, all right? If you had an anger problem as a fifth grader, you got to be the innkeeper or Herod because they needed people with bad attitudes. If you could sing, you got to be in the angel choir. Now, as a boy, being in the angel choir was not a good thing because you had to wear the white sheet and they put that gold tinsel stuff in your hair, which was just completely not cool, all right? If you had no talent whatsoever, I mean, seriously, you couldn't sing, you couldn't act, you couldn't do anything at all, this is what you got to do. You got to put a pillowcase on your head, You got to make a crook out of those tubes that come with the wrapping paper from Christmas. You got to wear your dad's bathrobe and they told you that you got to be a shepherd. Your job was to abide, be a slacker. Your job was to be sore afraid when they told you when the angels started singing, even though the angels weren't scary at all, all right? And the job after the Christmas pageant was to keep the two-year-olds who were dressed up like sheep from grazing on the donuts that everybody was supposed to eat after the church gig, all right? That's the way it went, all right? For years and years and years, I was a shepherd. Can you tell I'm just a little bit bitter because they made me one of the rednecks of the Christmas story, all right? It just didn't seem to be very, very cool. I had expectations of the shepherds in the story, and here was my problem. My expectations and my impressions were just not very accurate because I didn't understand the word abide. Now, a lot of you think, well, I know what that means. That means you're just supposed to, you know, rest easy. It actually doesn't mean that either. This morning, if nothing else happens, I hope we can unpack another angle on this incredibly important part of the Christmas story. I'm not saying Hollywood got it right by the clip we're going to watch in the next couple of moments, but it does give you a little better idea of what it is that we're really talking about. Let's take a look at the screens and watch this together. 
The truth is shepherds were not looked upon with great favor in those days. They were seen as kind of the lowest rung on the social ladder, but there was a reason for that perception. Shepherds were looked down upon by religious people because the job that they did made them ceremonially unclean. They dealt with animals all of their lives, which meant they were supposed to come to temple on a regular basis and make themselves clean again. Another strike against them that religious people took exception with was that because of the all-encompassing nature of their job, they couldn't show up in church at the right time. You see, shepherds lived with their sheep. It was a 24-7, all-encompassing occupation. So truthfully, the religious people of that day looked down their noses at shepherds because they were just doing their jobs. They were abiding in the fields. The word abiding in this particular context is only used one time in all of Scripture, and it literally means camping out. That's what they were doing. They were living as part of their job. So basically, religious people had issues with shepherds because they were hardworking people who were doing their job. And the truth is, I spent years judging them exactly the same way. The religious people had an issue with the shepherds, and because of that, it actually resulted in a decision Shepherds were not allowed to be witnesses in a legal proceeding. And because of that, they were outcasts. And because they were outcasts, the truth is, they just weren't quite clean and tidy enough for the nice, clean people. Have you ever been judged like that? Have you ever had someone look down their nose at you, maybe because of your job or because of your past, and because of that, they just kind of slide you over into a category that you are doomed to spend the rest of your life in because of it? You know, people do that to pastors all of the time. People have interesting perceptions of pastors. Some people think that because I'm a pastor, that I'm extra holy, that I pray all about everything all of the time, that I have no temper, that I've got a bat phone to heaven inside of my office that allows me to call and consult with Jesus in a different way than anybody else can. And some people have the perception that because I'm a pastor, I golf a lot because truthfully, I only work about 27 minutes every Sunday morning. Don't actually golf at all. You know, I had a guy tell me one time that, that, that he didn't like me because I smiled too much in church. You know what I did? I smiled at him, <laughs> right? Sometimes we just have misperceptions of people. All of us from time to time have a wrong impression of people. And the truth is I've had a wrong impression of the shepherds for years. Here's a biblical impression of the shepherds that's far more accurate. They were devoted, hardworking people. They were regular guys. They had a job just like many of us and they chose to do it. They were faithful. They're just regular, common, blue-collar guys. Nothing against white-collar people, but these are just regular, ordinary human beings. Now that we have a better understanding of them, let's jump back to the story again. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We're going to read it in a different translation. The Bible says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Let's just stop there one more time. i got to ask the question, what were the shepherds expecting that night? Well, I believe the shepherds were expecting nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, I think they were expecting to be tired. You know how I know that? Let me just think about it for a second. What are you supposed to do in order to fall asleep? You're supposed to count what? What do you think these guys do all night long, right? I think they were expecting to be tired. I think they were expecting to be cold. You think it's cold out there? Try a desert night in the middle of Israel, unbelievably cold. I think they were expecting sheep 
One of the reasons they would have been in the hills that night is because it was lambing season. So they maybe were expecting on a good night to deliver some lambs. I wonder if some of these guys were so bored that they were kind of hoping a wolf actually stopped by just to kind of break up the monotony. I mean, they're not expecting anything out of the ordinary. They're expecting the same old, same old, same as last year, same as last month, same as last week. I've got a question. Is that the way that we would describe your Christmas approach? Are you expecting same old, same old? Do you have low expectations? Are you expecting this year to be pretty much the same as last year and the year before that? And Why in the world would I hope for anything more? Because after all, I just don't want to be disappointed. You know, if you have low expectations this year, if you're just doing same old, same old Christmas, maybe you need the same kind of Christmas wake-up call that these guys got. I didn't put it on the screens again. I just want you to listen to the Christmas story one more time. The Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you and he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all of the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This group of guys with low expectations, not expecting anything out of the ordinary, are suddenly interrupted. And this is the message they hear. The Messiah is coming here. God's actually going to step onto this planet. He could have chosen anywhere else inside of the universe that he created, but he's decided to step foot on this little fly speck place called earth. What a wake-up call. You know, maybe all of us need a wake-up call this Christmas to remind us one more time that Christmas is not about gifts. It's not about football. It's not about your grumpy in-laws. My friends, Christmas is about Jesus and the fact that He came here looking for you. So this year, maybe we need a wake-up call to ditch the low expectations, to ditch the same old, same old approach. My friends, I am not an angel choir, but I've got the same message that the shepherds received, and the shepherds received this message, and it's the same for them as it is for us this morning. Do not be afraid, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, and He is Christ the Lord. I asked a question last week. I'm going to ask it again this week. What if all we were expecting for Christmas this year was God? What if? Let's take a moment and just kind of unpack what this moment of Christmas expectation produced. You know, you'll notice something about these guys, the account of the shepherds. They have a Christmas wake-up call and it changes the direction of their life. They go from just abiding, camping out in the fields around Bethlehem on a course that was significantly different 
Let's walk through this in your outline together. The first moment of Christmas expectation, it produced something. It produced movement towards God. In verses 15 and 16, Scripture says, the first thing the shepherds said to each other was, let's go to Bethlehem. I mean, just picture it for a moment. These guys are minding their own business, doing their jobs. Suddenly an angel choir shows up and they go from being stuck where they are to being mobilized. They light out a path. I mean, they just, they just start running for Bethlehem. Now, remember this. They've spent their whole lives as outcasts. Showing up at a door, needing something. People would open the door. As soon as they saw it was a shepherd, they'd slam the door in their face. They've been, they've been ostracized their entire life. I wonder, I just wonder, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if one of the shepherds, as they were running towards Bethlehem, all of a sudden says, just stop for a second. Why would he invite us? I mean, why not invite the nice, clean, religious people? Why in the world would he invite people like us? I wonder if more than one of them thought, this has got to be another setup. Just another opportunity for us to be disappointed. Just another time when the door's going to be slammed in our faces. But history tells us not this time. History tells us God doesn't play those kinds of games. I have a question this morning. Isn't it just like God to invite people like that to come to his birthday celebration? Isn't it just like God to open up the doors and welcome anyone that will come to his party. You know, my question, my friends, this morning is this. In the way you're approaching Christmas this year, are you moving towards or away from the Savior? I mean, if we took a real long look at your calendar, maybe your checkbook, or talked to a few of your family members, I'm wondering, where would we find Jesus in the way you're approaching Christmas this year? Would I have to look really, really hard and dig really, really deep to find him? Or would we find him right on the surface, just so unbelievably obvious? He's right there in front of you. The moment of Christmas expectation didn't just produce movement towards God. It also produced passionate conversation. In verses 17 and 18, it says this about the shepherds. It says that they spread the word concerning. I love that part. I want you to remember something we talked about earlier. Do you remember what we talked about as the shepherds? They were not allowed to be witnesses. That was the decision that was made against them. They were not allowed to be witnesses in a Jewish court because they just weren't clean enough. But God chooses those very men who could not testify in a human court of law, he chooses them to be the very first witnesses of the birth of Jesus Christ himself. I love that because it means God chooses the unclean, the humble, and the messy to carry out his good news to the rest of the world. He doesn't choose the religious or the royal. He doesn't choose the famous or the financially secure. He doesn't choose the intelligent or the intellectual. He doesn't choose the scrubbed or the shining. He doesn't choose the pretty or the polite. He doesn't choose the wise or the witty. No, instead he chooses the simple, the subtle, the faithful, and the focused. That's the God that we serve at Christ the King. He uses common people to carry out the message that there is good news 
a Savior has been born. You know, these guys go from no expectations to expectations that only focus on God. And in that movement, they literally become the first evangelists in human history. This moment of Christmas expectation produced something else. It produced focused reflection. In verse 19, suddenly we leave the shepherds out of it and we jump over to Mary, the young lady we talked about last week. The Bible says that Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Do you notice the contrast? The shepherds go public. Mary just gets really quiet. She's been through a lot with the birth of this Christ child. And now she needs some time just to abide. To camp out with the little lamb that God has given her life. Mary makes the decision that she's going to focus on Christ in the middle of the mayhem. You know, I made a statement at the beginning of the message that I'd like to retract. I said, real men don't abide. You know what? Maybe they should. Maybe we all should. Maybe we all need to slow down. Take a breath. Move away from the chaos and just camp out with the same God who inspired this Christmas celebration. Maybe we need, instead of getting sucked into all of the things going around us, maybe we just need to take the things we already know and ponder them deep inside of our heart to ponder the miracle of the incarnation. Fourthly, this moment of Christmas expectation, it produces, it produces heartfelt worship. In verse 20, it says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. I saw something yesterday afternoon that was really cool. I, I stopped on my way to church in the evening at Home Depot. I needed to pick up a gift card. And, and I'm, I'm kind of standing in line, and I'm watching a dad, and he's, he's, he's trying to buy a drill. He's got like 15 choices, and he's going through each one, trying to pick up which one's the best one. And, and he has his daughter with him. At least I assumed she was his daughter. She's about five years old, and she's standing literally in the middle of this Christmas marketing display, Right? It's very politically correct, happy holidays, red and green, you know, trying to say everything except what needed to be said. And his daughter's kind of, she's kind of left her dad because he's working with the drills and she gets and literally she stands in the middle of this Christmas display and I'm kind of watching her because every single day I ask, I said, God, give me something cool today that will remind me about you. Pray that prayer almost every morning as I'm driving into work. And this little girl, about five years old, in the middle of Home Depot, stands kind of in the midst of all of this stuff, and she sings at the top of her little five-year-old lungs. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore him oh come let us adore him christ the lord she beat me to it heartfelt beautiful childlike not childish childlike Worship from the bottom of her heart. There were a couple of people standing around her when she finished. We all applauded for her. Heartfelt worship. All of a sudden, 
these shepherds are worshiping God with words, maybe music, who knows? But they got their focus in the right place. Here's the final result. The final product of this moment of Christmas expectation was confident confirmation. I love how the story ends. The Bible wraps up the story by saying of this, which were just as they had been told. Down to the meticulous detail, everything that the angels had said had come true in the lives of the shepherd and they were witnesses. I love the Christmas story because if you know a lot about its background, it just blows you away how meticulous God is with details. Let me share just a couple of them. I love sharing this every single year. The word Bethlehem, the town Bethlehem, literally means house of bread. Out of the house of bread stood one named Jesus who called himself the bread of life. Bethlehem was the home of outcasts, shepherds, and yet out of that lowly place would come one who offended all of the religious people by calling himself something. He called himself the good shepherd. You see, in the religious people's eyes, there was no such thing as a good shepherd. There were just bad shepherds, unclean shepherds, and yet Jesus identified himself and then named each and every one of us as his cherished and prized lambs. There's another very cool detail. Just outside of Bethlehem is a place called Migdal Adar. Migdal Adar was a special area where special sheep were raised. To this day, there are some raised towers that shepherds would stand inside of as they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. But the flocks in Migdal Adar, just outside of Bethlehem, they had a special kind of lamb there. You see, in Migdal Adar in Bethlehem, they raised lambs that were set aside as special lambs that were destined for one place and one place only. They were supposed to be the purest lamb, the most spotless lamb that human beings could produce. They were to become the sacrificial lambs that were sacrificed in the temple and they were sacrificed in the temple to cover the sins of the people on a temporary basis. In Bethlehem, of all places, at Magdaladar, they found the headquarters for raising the sacrificial lambs. And out of Bethlehem would come one pure and spotless lamb. His name was Jesus who would pay the price of sin once and for all. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And my friends, Jesus most certainly was. A lamb without spot or blemish a sacrificial lamb who gave his life and spilled his blood once and for all so that every one of us would have the opportunity to be saved. That is the story of Christmas. You know, the shepherds were expecting nothing that night. Low expectations. And yet into the middle of that night... God interrupted their same old, same old approach to Christmas. And because the shepherds were open to the interruption, what they received was a Christmas miracle. How about you? How about you? What if all you were expecting for Christmas this year was God? Because let me tell you something about the God who came at Christmas. Isaiah 53 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. 
Each one of us has turned to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and is a sheep before her shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. The creator came in front of the created and offered himself as a sacrificial lamb so that we could receive that as the ultimate gift at Christmas time. You know, I know many of you came this morning and all you came expecting was church. My question is this, were you expecting God this morning? Were you expecting God to interrupt your cold morning? Were you expecting God to interrupt this particular day in this particular moment? Were you expecting to leave different than how you came in? My prayer for our church this Christmas is that we will truly understand that we are expecting this year. We're not expecting same old, same old Christmas. We're expecting a transformation, an experience as we come face to face with the God who was announced to regular, blue-collar, common people just like us. If God can interrupt them, just imagine how He could interrupt us if we would simply invite Him to do so. Would you pray with me this morning as we close? God, I thank you so much for the way in which you came. I thank you, God, that, that you weren't announced to royalty or to those who had it all together on the surface. God, I thank you that instead you chose to humble yourself and that your announcement was made to those who weren't even good enough to testify in the court of human beings but we're very much able to testify in the court of heaven. God, I thank you that you still use common, ordinary people, even those of us who maybe need to be woken up from our low expectations of Christmas this year. God, would you shake us from our complacency, just as the shepherds, we're shaken that night. God, would you move us towards the Savior this Christmas? Would you bless us and help us? Would you allow us to focus quietly on the birth of your Son? God, would you allow us to have confident confirmation of all of the details, knowing that none of the details of our lives are being missed by Almighty God? God, would you allow us to worship in spirit and in truth, because you alone are worthy of that worship. Guide us, God, to the manger. Knowing that the story went through the manger to the cross, and from the cross to the glory of heaven, may we be forever in awe as we truly are expecting God this Christmas. And we pray these things in your beautiful, beautiful name. Amen.